Good morning, everybody. Hey, it is good to see each of you. I hope some of those aren't your tweets uh, that we were able to pull in. Um, was that just the Bridgewater line? I think that was just the Bridgewater tweets that were all pulled in from everybody here. Hey, it is good to be with you this morning. So uh, so happy to be here. So thankful to be here. Um, as I as I as I was preparing to speak this week, and when Pastor Tim first asked me, I have to tell him thank you for for asking, and uh, thank you for the message that he's given me. He he didn't know this until the first service this morning. But I, but I was especially thankful for, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is when, when I've done relate part of the relationship series that they've done over the last, uh, over the last well, it'd be a handful plus years, right? Um, it seemed like I was always getting the message that was about uh, the subject you don't want to talk about up here, right? When it comes to relationships, I was always getting that message. And I'm like, ah, thank you. Um, the, the sex message, right? That was always the one that I was, that I was getting. Song, hey, Joel, it's on Song of Solomon. Here, this is you this week. All right, I remember that a handful of years ago. Then the next year, I got asked again. And uh, the, it was just, um, it was two, maybe, I can't remember. I think it was like two years ago that Pastor Jeff asked me. He said, hey, Joel, um, we have a week here coming up uh, and we'd like you to speak. And, and literally, these, my, these were my words to him. I said, Jeff, I, I'm not certain that I'm available that week, but if I am and if I can, if it's that talk, if it's that one, I would prefer not to, all right? Because it had been multiple years in a row, and I'm just like, I, I felt like I was getting pigeonholed, right? You know, I'm mean, like, plus, nobody wants to do that. I don't want to, but, but, but anyway, so thank you to Pastor Tim. It wasn't that. This is one that I actually love this week. Um, my kids are here. My, my, two of my sons are here. They, they're going to love this because this week it's on dating. And what teenage or 20-year-old young man doesn't want to hear, hear his dad talk about dating? Read, block the doors, don't let them leave early on me, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's the case. They, they love that. They're, they're, they, they couldn't wait. I'm certain they couldn't wait to get here. But anyway, so we are in this series. We're, we're in week two of a series that we're calling Relationship Goals, right? And, and we want to talk about what are the relationship goals that you have as we go through this. Week one, Pastor Tim, last week, he spoke about singleness. If you are a single, he, he tried to give encouragement, tried to give guidance, tried to give, give insight into your life if that is, if that is you. Um, this week, we get to talk about, as I mentioned, dating. What could be more fun than dating? I love that idea. And one of the other things that I love about this message is this is actually an idea that dating is an idea, right? There you go. No, th this message that, I, that, I'm, that I'm talking about today, this message in the series that we had is actually something that I actually spoke on with teens back when I was a youth pastor. And, uh, and I, loved the, uh, I loved the idea of what we have in this message this morning. So, so I say all of that just, just to let you know that as we, as we work through the series and as we come into week two of the series, we want to talk about relationships. Why? And we want to talk about dating. Why? Because we think there's stuff that, that you can do while you are dating that prepares you for life. And for some of you, you're dating and, and you're young and it's the first time and, and, you're, and you're going through and you're all excited. There's all these highs and lows. For others of you, you've dated for a couple of times and, and some of you, you might be single again and you're wondering, am I dating again? What do I do? What in the world do I, how, how do we get, what do we do in this whole world, right? My, my oldest son, who's not here this morning, I was talking to him yesterday about this and he informed me that it's not uncommon for 18-year-olds on up to use dating apps. 
That was news to me. Who, I, I didn't realize you, 18-year-olds, they use dating apps. I understand when you're older, right, and you're single again or whatever, and it hasn't worked, but, that maybe, but he's like, no, no, that's how, and nothing, uh, uh, that's not judgmental at all. That might be, uh, maybe that's a way, you, personality traits and personality um, tests that go into that, whatever it is that, that comes about with that. But what we want to talk about in this series, and what we want to talk about, excuse me, this morning, what I want to talk about in this part of this series this morning is about dating. And this may, you may say, well, if you're not interested, you're married, you're in a relationship, you might say, well, I'm good to go. And there you go. You're free to go. So read, don't let my kids leave, but everybody else, they're good. All right? They can leave. But no, I would encourage you um, because things that we're going to talk about this morning, guess what? They work in relationships. Why? Because dating is about relationships, right? It's about bringing together relationships. And if you can do a relationship well dating, if you can learn well in dating how it is that I need to work through this relationship, right? You can do well in life because relationships are part of life. Some of us, right? The whole world's our friend. We just haven't met them right yet, right? That's some of us. Others, others of you, right? Others, you're there like, "Eh, I don't know. You have a harder time with that aspect of that, right? And this message isn't isn't to beat up on one or the other or to proclaim you got to be this, you got to be that. It's more about what, what is it that you can do, right? When you think about dating, there's all that fun in it, right? There's some fun, there's a romance, there's excitement in that. But if those of you that have dated before, you're also there like, ooh, there's that roller coaster, the up and down, right? We've been going out for six years and he still hasn't asked the question, what in the world is I just wasting my time, right? The different tweets that you were reading right there at the beginning. The other aspect that I want you to be ready for this morning is, Excuse me, I, I, feel like, <clears throat> I feel like it's almost a, as I was preparing for this message, I feel like it's almost a, a Delilah show. Um, I don't know how many of you listen to Delilah at night, Mix 103.3, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe some of you, you are more of the John Tesh, right? You're more of the John Tesh, you listen to that. But songs, right? The songs just come into my mind as I was preparing for this this week. Songs just float into my mind. And what I wished is I wished that I had a little band up here all ready to just play whatever song it is that I wanted to sing. But that, you guys really wouldn't enjoy that. And figuring out technology, how I could just push a button and play a song, I'm not that technologically of a apt to, uh, capable of doing it. So that wasn't going to work. So you're just going to have to put up with all my references to different music. So I hope that you are ready for that and uh, keep track. Maybe, maybe there's a pride. No, there's nothing at the end. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But as we, as we go through the series, or as we go through this message, I want you to just think, what is it? What is it in me? How am I preparing myself for dating? And like I say, if you're beyond that, how is it that you're preparing yourself? How is it that you are behaving in the relationship that you're in? Because it's very helpful in that. Where I want to start, I want to start this morning, we're going to start with John chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn there. And we're going to take a look at John chapter 1. And the reason that I want to take a look at John chapter 1 is not because it's so much that it's a part of, oh, this is right where we go for a relationship. But I want us to get this idea in our mind. John, the, the disciple who spent so much time with Christ, right? Spent the, what we would call three years and got so close to Christ. As a matter of fact, he would say the one that Christ loved 
loves, the one that Jesus loved. That's John. He was in that tight circle with Christ. When he decided to write down what it was that he was going to say about the story of Jesus Christ, all right, this is during his lifetime. When he decides, I'm going to write this down, I want you to be aware. I want you to know this is how he started his story. This is how he started his gospel. We call it a gospel. It's in part of our Bible. It's the bestseller. But when John wrote it, you know what he was writing? He was writing a document to let those around him, to let the people that were going to read this there, that they would understand and that they would know. This document was not written with him saying, well, guess what? This is going to be around in 2,000 years, and they're going to be talking about it forever. That's not what his thought was. So he wrote a document, and when he started it, he said these words right here. He goes, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He continues on and he says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Now, if, if you grew up in church, um, if you're like me, you, you memorized this passage at a young age. Some of you, you're like, no, I'm not familiar with that, and that's, that's all right. There's nothing wrong either way. But, but I memorized this, and one of the things for me that this, this passage became aware of is it really became more about creation. Why? Because John's referencing back to Genesis chapter 1 here and talking about in the beginning God, right? And he's telling us that there was this word that was with him. But, but it, if we think that it's just about creation, we miss so much of how John is opening his gospel. John's opening his gospel to talk about this Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he's going to give us the story of what it is that this word that he's talking about, this light that showed up, he's going to give us a story of what it is that he did in the world. And it wasn't creation that John is going to talk about through the rest of the gospel. Not minimizing that, but what he's going to talk about is what the life of Jesus and how it reflected and how it affected the lives of the people that were around him and the people that came in contact with him. So when he says, in him was life and that life was the light of men, he's not talking about, oh yeah, back in Genesis 1, God created the heavens and world, there was light. And before there was even sun, there was light and that was Jesus, as important as that is, that there was light. He's talking about that into a darkness. As a matter of fact, the very next verse says this, right? right? The light shines in darkness. Jesus shines in darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. When he talks about that, he's talking about the lives of you and me. He's talking about the lives of the people that he was writing it to there in the first century. That the world, there was darkness within the world. And he wasn't talking physical darkness, that we have a problem. We didn't have electricity yet. We didn't have street lights and stuff like that. He's talking that there was darkness in the world. What is he talking about? There was brokenness within men and women. There was brokenness within relationships with people. And throughout the remainder of his gospel, John is going to go forward and he is going to continue to talk about Jesus and what it is that Jesus is doing to repair relationships with people. The light came into the world and it shone into the darkness. But the darkness didn't understand it. 
And when it comes to you and me in relationships, and when it comes to you, if you are out there, you're looking to date, you're looking to date again, you're wondering who should I date, you're wondering which of my five girlfriends should I not date, you're wondering which of these three boyfriends is the wrong one, which one's the right one, which one do I have to put up on top, right? Some of you, you're still singing with earth, wind, and fire, and you're saying, after the love is gone, right? What do I do? How can you lead me on? Google it. It's great, right? But right, you're wondering about that. And John, into that, he speaks. John is trying to tell us that Jesus came into the world to give us hope. We are going to bounce around this morning. We're going to look at two other passages of, uh, or well, a handful of other passages, but we're going to look back into the book of Proverbs, and we're going to look ahead into another passage as well in the New Testament as we go through this this morning. And I, and I don't always like to bounce around with different passages, but at the same time, I wanted to intro this idea with John saying that. Why? Because I want us to know that relationship, Jesus came with the purpose of restoring relationship. Remember all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, there was a break in the relationship. And what happened? What happened when there was a break in relationship? They sinned. And what did Adam do? The first thing that he did? Took responsibility like all good men, right? Oh, some of you are familiar with the story. No, the woman, Right? What did he do right away? He blames the other person. He blamed, he blamed his wife. The woman, God, that's the woman you gave me, no less. I didn't even choose her. You brought her here. That was, those were Adam's terms. That, that's the way he stood up. Woo, stand-up guy. We like that. We come by it naturally when we blame others, right? And, and that's, how we, that's how we go in, in, within the midst of these broken relationships. Jesus came that we can have hope. So here we go. In week two, as we're going to look, we're going to look at what are some goals for dating. What are goals that you can have in this world of dating? You're out there. You're looking. You're wondering. Where is it that I want to go? Who is it that I'm looking for? Jesus, God, where's the right one? Just bring me that right one and all will be good, right? That's what we say. And we buy into this idea of this is the first thing that we're going to talk about is this, this right person myth. We buy into the idea that, that there is just a right person out there for me. You know, that person that has you at hello. You know, that person that you say, you complete me, right? Hollywood's got it all down. They've got it together. As a matter of fact, watch any of the movies. They've got it, right? Whichever it is, they've got it, right? And if you, and if you watch Disney ones, right, you know who the bad guy is right away, and you know who the good guy is right away, and you know who the princess needs to, needs to get together with and who she doesn't need to get together with. We understand that. And why do we understand that? Because the bad guy's bad, and we see that. All right, and we're like, whoo, that person went. However, in life, what happens? We put our beer goggles on, and suddenly that, whoo, that, everybody looks great. Everybody looks good, right? And we're looking, I, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to say that in church. I, I, that's the wrong term. Um, what's the other term I use? I don't know, but somehow we mess up. We get goofed up in our minds, and all of a sudden we're looking around, and we just think that the right person, if the right person just comes along, all these bad traits of mine, my laziness, my meanness, my unkindness, that'll all be solved because guess what? Once I find the right person, then all of a sudden I will be kind. I will be loving. Jesus, I'll be just like you as soon as the right person comes along. Just help me find them. Who is it? Where is it? Who is that right person? If you could just point me in that direction, God, that would be really good, and I'll go that way. And the problem with that right person myth is we're, we're failing to look 
at ourselves. And when you're looking for the right person myth, the, the question sometimes that we need to ask is, are you becoming the right person, right? You see, there's this right person myth, but how about you? Are, are you in the process of becoming the right person yourself? Or are you just there like, no, 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 I prefer the right person because then they'll help me become the person that I want to be, right? Um, the right person, what, what, what makes up the right person? Can I help you out? Looks. Woo! Did you see her? She is so incredibly good looking, right? And, and he is so incredibly, woo, wow, he's handsome. Um, years ago, when, uh, when we took a group of teens and uh, another one of my youth leaders and I, we, we still remember this. Um, we had a teen who was a Division I swimmer. He was a Division I diver. And um, this young man was put together. He was a good athlete all around, but, but he was put together, kind of like me. And um, anyway, we, we were all going swimming, and he and I, we still remember the group of young ladies. He came down, nothing, not, just took his shirt off to jump into the pool to swim, right? And a handful of young ladies. Ooh, yeah, ladies, you thought it was just the men, right? Yeah, we all know that you do that as well. We all look, and this right person myth, it all starts with this idea of, feelings and chemistry and she is so incredibly and he is so incredibly and he we, we just have this love that is burning right it's burning together and whoo, we're just coming together and oh man not only that our song was on the radio right they play it was the Luke Bryan song play it again we all love that right and we're just like oh and then we listened to Delilah and he sent me a long distance love song and oh it was so sweet and Ed Sharon he sang something for us and we're like what could be better and in that whole process life has to move forward and suddenly, six months down the line, a year down the line, three years down the line, 10 years down the line, maybe it's 25 years down the line, whatever the years are down the line, all of a sudden you're scratching your head saying, hmm, what happened here? Right? And, and let, me, let me just think, when it, when it comes to this becoming the right person, can I, can I just, I'm just going to give you, I, I, I didn't say this in the first service, but we're going to say here. Um, when, when it comes to becoming the right person, think about this. Two people that are broken, why? Because we're sinful people, we come together and we get married, and in the midst of this marriage, where we aren't worried about becoming the person that we need to be, but rather we think that they're going to fulfill me, we get married and it's been all love, sparks, and fire, and we're all happy and everything's great, and all of a sudden we we get together in this marriage and all of a sudden there's issues, That's right? right? Ooh, see? Yeah, there's issues. And within those issues, they start to, oh man, and they start to wonder. And, and can I tell you what the woman does? The woman, she has a great idea. She has a great idea. We're struggling. We're struggling. So I know. Let's have a, let's have a baby. Why? Because if we have a baby and bring a baby into this relationship, he's going to become more responsible. And then he'll be, more, he'll be home more often. He'll do things the way that I want him to do. Right? Ladies, you're smiling because you know that. Right? And guys, what are the, but, but ladies, right here's the guys. What do the guys think? Ladies, you know what the guys think, but you can't say it in church. Right? What the guys think is this. A baby? That means more sex. Um, sounds like a good idea to me. What couldn't be better, right? And that's what they're thinking in their minds. And they come together. And all of a sudden, they bring this other life into this relationship. And what's not going on? They're still struggling. That's right. 
That's why becoming the right person is so important in your life. And it's a process. You don't ever end, right? Anybody, any, anybody ever ended? Anybody ever got there? All the way, you are the right person, all right? Don't say it if you are, because everybody else is worried. Some of you are closer. There you go. Yes, some of you are closer. Some of us are still a little bit away. But are you becoming the right person? Are you becoming the person that the person that you are looking for is looking for? Think about that. Are you becoming the person that you are looking for is looking for? Is that what's going on in your life? Or are you just somebody that keeps looking and you're just there like, I'm just shopping the menu. I just see the menu that's out there. I just keep looking and I'm, I, it's okay. I want to keep going forward. I want to keep looking at all the different options on the menu. Or are you somebody that's ready to settle down and say, you know what? I need to start looking for the person that's looking, that I'm looking for. Are you ready to be more intentional and how it is that you behave. Married couples, you may say that this is great for the, uh, this is great for the, for the teens, for those that are single, and for those that are still looking, but I want to remind, I want to remind each of us as, of this as well. How are we doing? Right? Is it all over for us? Well, I've got, I, I'm married, and we're good, and this is the way it's going to be, and, I, and that's good enough. I am who I am. It's the way I am. Tough luck. You don't like it? That's the way I am. Get used to it. Right? No! We still need to work on becoming that person, not the person that we're looking for, right? Because what happens, to go back to that relationship, right, where they have the baby, what happens all of a sudden? They go back to work, or somebody goes off to work, and what do they see? They, they still have these relationship problems at home, and they're like, oh, there's the right person here at work. She's over there. I just met her. That's what the problem is. I married the wrong person, and we all get that thought in our minds. Are you becoming the right person? Do we continue to work on it? So, you see, in this whole process, are you becoming the right person? I want you to know that God created you for relationship. When I talk back about that original portion, Genesis chapter 1, John 1, 1 refers back to it. Genesis chapter 1, when God created man, he said, let us create man in our image. He was in the process of using, he was pointing out that there is our image. We are relational. Prior to that, in the creation account, God never used, there was never the let us, let us, let us. Prior to that, it was always God said, and it happened. God said, and it was. God said, and it was. When it came to creating man, he said, let us make man in our image. And I firmly believe that within that, there is the idea that there is relationship that is going on. And God has created you for relationship. He has not created any of us to not have relations with other people, but rather he has created us to relate. And for some of us, for some of us, it means that those relationships move into marriage and that's the way that God wants it and he has designed it. Amen. But it is effective in all areas of relationship. We need to be people who are becoming more and more like God. So if you want to become the person that you are looking for, one of the areas that you need to start with is you need to fear God. This is the first point that I want you to see this morning as we go through this. You need to fear God. If you want to be somebody that you are looking for, there needs to be a fear, there needs to be a reverence, there needs to be an understanding that there is a God. What does this establish in your life? This establishes that there is a higher power, that there is a greater power, that life is more than just about me and my wants and my needs. As a matter of fact, Jesus went on to say that we should love others. Why? Because those others are created in God's image. Why? Because they are children of God and we need to have a love for them. And that suddenly takes this idea that we need to have a fear of God. And when I talk about a fear of God, I'm not talking, standing back, being afraid. Oh no, I'm dating the wrong person, right? And God's going to come and get, and get me. No, no, no. That's not the fear I'm talking about. I'm talking about that idea of reverence. 
that idea of respect. I fear, I honor God, and I want to honor God with my relationships. That's what I want to do in my life, and that's where I need to be in my life. The writer of Proverbs, Solomon, he's, he's the one who compiles these, these, uh, the Proverbs for us. And, and Solomon was full of wisdom. And let me help you out. Not only was Solomon full of wisdom, he was full of a guy who had done it wrong. He was full of being a guy who understood and knew right and chose wrong anyway. Any of you ever do that? Yeah, right? I do that, right? We know right and we choose wrong. But if we want to get relationships right, we need to fear God. And in Proverbs chapter 1, we're told this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? Do we want to have knowledge? Do we want to have understanding? We want to have a fear of God. We want to have an understanding that there is that higher power that I am accountable to, all right? But fools despise wisdom and discipline. When this comes to relationships, when this comes to dating relationships, um, you see what, what the fool decides is it's just all about themselves. And I don't really care about the feelings of other people. I just want my own pleasure. I just want to do it my way, right? And in that process, we come about that. But remember, God has created us for relationships. Proverbs also goes on to say this right here. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Fear of God, it's a fountain. It's a fountain of life. We're looking for that fountain of life, right? There it is. Fear God. Understand him. And we'll have that understanding in life. Um, becoming the person that you are looking for. Make wise decisions. Not only do we need to fear God, but we need to be people who make wise decisions. We make wise choices in our lives. The writer of Proverbs continues on and he says this right here, right? He says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. I was talking with my oldest son and uh, his girlfriend yesterday when I was talking, as I mentioned earlier, they were talking to me a little bit about the dating apps, but they're also talking to me about this idea right here, that it's, it's hard because you hear different voices and some people want to speak in and they want to say this and they want to say that. But, but what their comment was, it's nice to listen. And if you don't think it's wise advice, you don't think it's good advice, you know what, I just let it go right on through. But I try to catch the wise advice. I try to take that and I try to hold on to that and use that in the way that, I, in the way that we think, in the way that we um, and, and, and what brought us together as a couple. Um, the righteous, um, the writer of Proverbs continues on and he says it this way, the righteous choose their friends carefully. That sounds like they're intentional. I'm intentional when I'm dating. I'm intentional in looking into somebody else. I'm intentional with the way that I'm thinking. I'm intentional with the way that I'm behaving. Why? Because I want to end up with someone that is like me, right? Character traits, character qualities. You want to end up with an honest person? Honesty is so important in relationship, right? Honesty, it builds trust. You want, you want, to, you want to strengthen a relationship? Be honest. Just be honest right up front. Be truthful. Why is that so helpful in a relationship? Because it builds the trust within a relationship. It's a character quality. But guess what? If you're not truthful, when you find out and you're there like, oh, I'm lying to somebody else, if they're like you and they're lying, what happens to your relationship? It's broken. And you can see this. 
but the way of the wicked leads them astray. What would you rather do? You want to choose the righteous and choose friends carefully and be intentional? Or would you rather just go with the flow, right? Just go with the flow of what's going on out there. It seems to work. Let me just go with that. Becoming the person that you are looking for. We need to fear God. We need to make wise choices. And you know what? When it comes to relationships, you need to work hard. Let me read these passages in Proverbs. They talk really more about work with our hands, but they are very applicable when it comes to the idea of relationships as well. I went past the field of a sluggard. There's a good term, right? Sluggard. Don't use that on your friends today. It's not nice. Past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere, and the ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed, and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and what happens? And poverty will come on you like like, a... like a thief in scarcity, scarcity like an armed man. What's going to happen in your life? You're going to fall down. It's going to happen. And, and we see that in physical work. But in relationships, sometimes we think no effort, no time, no work. It should all just be fine. And that's not true. We need to be individuals that work on our relationships. God created you for relationships. And every one of us in here, we want to have that person that looks at us, that loves us, and tells us, I'm forever yours. Faithfully? No? Okay. All right. You'll get it later. All right. You'll get it with Delilah or John Tesh later today, all right? But right, you want to hear that. You want to hear that love song, right? You want to hear that love song that comes into your mind, and I want to be filled with love. And it doesn't always happen because sometimes it is. Sometimes we're singing Michael Bolton. If you want to go back to the 90s, how can we be lovers if we can't be friends? We're always at war with one another. But God has created us for relationship. You see, becoming the person that you are looking for, it requires us to work in those areas of our life, right? Fear God, make wise choices, work hard. There is a couple of other areas that I want to look at, and I want to go to a list. If there was a list of things that you could put together to help you with your life, with your dating life, all right? Those of you that are dating for a first time, those of you that are dating again, those of you that are single and looking to date again, those of us that are in a relationship, this list works for us. And guess where it comes from? It comes from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul who heard it, hated the early church and tried to ruin it, tried to destroy it, tried to persecute it. God changed him. And in the midst of that change, Paul writes a letter to the church at Corinth, to this church that has all these problems. And in the midst of that letter, what does he write? He writes chapter 13. And what's chapter 13? The love chapter, right? And we all love that. Come on. You love a love story. You guys don't look like you love a love story right now. Ladies, I know you like Hallmark Channel better, so you should be smiling right now. And guys, I know that you might not like Hallmark Channel, but you like the ladies as well. So we should be smiling. Why? Because love is a good thing. You want love in your life. And we're always there, and we're all like, you're, as a matter of fact, all of you guys right now, you look more like foreigner. What do I mean by that? You're sitting there saying, I want to know what love is. Or else some of you, you're you too still. I, I told you, it's a Delilah show today. Delilah, John Tesh, right? Some of you, you too. I still don't know what I'm looking for, right? You're there like, I don't even know. I, I, I can't figure it out, right? But, but, John, but Paul gives us a list of things that if we can incorporate this list into our lives, if you can incorporate it into your life, it so helps us. Look at this. Love is patient. 
Whew, patient, right? How, how's that patient work out in your life and my life? Huh? It works really well for the first three months, for the first six months. How's it working 10 years later? We're not so patient anymore, right? What in the world are you doing? Where have you been? What's going on? Huh? Right? We don't become patient. What is patient? But, but what else does that entrain in there? You know what? It means that I am not going to push you to do things that I know you don't want to do. Think about that in your early relationship of dating, because in your early relationship of dating, what are you thinking about? Woo, let's go do what it is, and woo, right? No, 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 love is patient, it doesn't do that, it doesn't push. Love is what? Love is kind. Do you, do you know another way to say that, that kindness? How about considerate? Love is considerate. I consider your feelings, I consider how you feel, I consider your emotions. Love does not envy, right? I'm not going to be envious of everything that you have. I'm not going to be envious. Oh, you got a good story? I got a better story. I can one-up you on that story, right? Be cautious in that, right? We always want to one-up. I've got, oh man, I've got one better than you. One better than you, right? We want to be cautious. Love does not boast. First service, since my wife wasn't here, I mentioned what a great husband I am. Because love doesn't boast, right? Second service, since she's here, I'm not going to say that, all right? So we'll, we'll be all right, right? Love doesn't boast. Some of us, what do we want to boast? We think, we're, we think we are God's gift to women or men, whichever it is, all right? You think you're that. And let me help you out. When you meet that person, no matter how good looking that person is, get away. Because if they love themselves more than they love you, let me help you out. That never ends well for you. You know what you want when you're in a relationship with somebody else? You want somebody who thinks you are the sparkle, you are the light of their world, right? They, they want you to think that you are that special someone so that at the end you're saying, and looks like we made it, right? That's what you want. Love doesn't boast. Love is not proud. The list continues on. The next part of it is, and we're just going to go quickly. Love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. What happens in relationships? Do you remember that time 13 years ago when you did this? Well, it's about time you got paid back for that now, right? And we're like, 13. I can't remember 13 minutes ago. Right? It doesn't keep that, and it doesn't delight in evil. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and following. You want to get relationships right? I'd encourage you to look that up this week. Memorize that. Take a picture of this list, right? Whatever it is. This is right from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. Verse 8 says this, love never fails. It starts like that. Paul continues on in that passage and says, when I was a boy, I thought as a boy, but when I became a man, when I became an adult, I put away those childish behaviors. And what is he saying? He's saying that I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm learning to behave like this and it's affecting the relationships around me. How are we doing? If you're looking to date, I would encourage you, this list right here, take it on your date, your next date. Whoa, is that gonna be a fun date, isn't it? Hey, let's read this list. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Well, this really throws out what our first date was going to be. This is no fun, right? Right? But these are the character traits that you want to be building into yourselves. Young men, young ladies, build these characters, build these character traits into your life. And guess what? By, by the way, these are the character traits that your mom and dad are trying to build in you. I assure you of that. That's what they want. 
Why is telling the truth important at home, even if you're going to get in trouble? Because it builds character into you. And it's all of life. It's of value. Why is being kind and considerate to your brother, to your siblings important? Why? Because someday you're going to be living with somebody. And guess what? Sometimes they're going to annoy you just like that sibling does. And you're going to have to act kind and considerate or else you're going to be somebody that's just living in a marriage that's, boom, beat up against one another. And you don't want that. How's that work? How's that look when you see it? Fun? No. Let me encourage you. I'm I'm well over time, so let me just close by saying this. God loves you. He built you for relationship. Right here are some ideas. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Read down through there. Apply that to your life. Why? Because God is in the work of transforming you. Light came into a dark world so that we could be changed, so that sin doesn't have power over you, but rather the light has power over the darkness. Go and live it in your life this week. Pray with me if you would, please. God, I say thank you as we close our time together. God, your word is true. It is powerful. And the fact, Lord, that we can that we can grow in this area of relationship, in this area of love, God, I ask that you would work in our hearts and our minds and in our lives. Help us to be more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather humbled himself to that, to the form of a human being, to a man, even to death on a cross. Why? So that at the name of Jesus, every tongue would bow and every, and every, and every tongue, or every knee would bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord and Savior. Why, Lord? So that our lives would be changed. So God, I pray. This week, help us to be people who are filled with love, who are filled with kindness, who do not envy, who do not boast. God, help us to just work through that list in our own lives. I say thank you for each one here. Bless, encourage them, go with us this week. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We're gonna sing a new song this morning that uh, we're just introducing today.